At the outset of this sermon, I wish to express a sincere thanks and appreciation to everyone who has enriched our Lenten and Holy Week and Easter worship services and all of the contributions which have been made, including those on this day. To God be the glory. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, I was thinking about those words uh, when I was up before dawn on this day, as I am most days, probably you as well, and uh, getting ready to head out the door, get the paper, come over to church, be prepared for today, Easter Sunday. These are the opening words from that gospel lesson, Luke 24, on the first day of the week at early dawn. They tell the story of resurrection, of rebirth and new life. The Easter story begins at early dawn on that first day of the week. And this is why Christ's people continue to this very day to gather on the first day of the week for worship because this is the day on which Christ rose from the dead. If resurrection is linked to any particular time of day, surely it is dawn. A new day, a new beginning as we rise up from darkness to light. Dawn is a time of great beauty. Unless you're not a morning person, then it's not so beautiful. But God in his wisdom chose this particular time of day for the resurrection of Jesus. And with the resurrection of Jesus, there is a new creation. The old order has passed away and something new, something amazing has risen up in its place. This new creation means death is not the final word. This new creation means that life is not futile, without purpose or meaning, but that in Jesus' life does indeed have meaning and purpose. This new life, this new creation centers on this risen Jesus who's not in the tomb any longer. The cross is empty, the grave stands open, and Jesus is risen from the dead. We worship and serve a risen Savior who has brought life and immortality to light. This is what we remember, and this is why we rejoice. It is this remembering that we want to focus on today as we heard in that gospel lesson that first Easter morning the angels spoke to the women at the tomb. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here but is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And so the theme for the message on this Easter Sunday is the empty tomb, a place of remembering. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. Some of you are here today because 
you're here every Sunday. It's part of your life to be in the house of God with the people of God each week. And as special as this day is, it's not any different from what you do any other Sunday. Some of you may be here because it's what is expected of you to be in church at Christmas, Easter, maybe other times during the year. And so you're here grudgingly perhaps, but you are here. Some of you may be here because you are searching you recognize something is missing in your life and you're trying to figure out how God fits into all of that. Some of you may be here because you are remembering. You're remembering what it was like to get all dressed up as a kid and come to worship services on Easter Sunday. You remember what it was like to bring your own children all dressed up when they were little to Easter Sunday worship. What it was like to come with your spouse on Easter Sunday, but the kids are grown, your, your spouse is gone, and you remember how it used to be. You remember that you had something then that maybe you don't have now, and you want to reclaim that. And our hearts cry out for this new creation, this new life, something which only the risen Savior Jesus Christ can give. And here is the best news of all. This risen Savior who gave his life on the cross did this for you. This risen Savior who is no longer in the tomb but is alive did this for you. You are of far greater value and worth much more than you can possibly imagine. So much so that God would give the life of his only son for you. Remember that. Luke's account of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is really divided into three distinct parts. We only hear the first part today in that gospel reading. Luke chapter 24 verses 1 through 12. There's two other parts. And unfortunately, we don't get to hear them at all in any of the Sundays in this Easter season. They're all from the gospel of John. That's good too. But we don't get to hear the rest of the story from Luke's version. So your homework today boys and girls, students, is to go home. And sometime today on this Easter Sunday, read the rest of the story from Luke 24. All of that chapter, not only parts one, but two and three as well. Here's the amazing thing. They all deal with remembering. Part one, what we heard in the gospel lesson for today is the women at the tomb. They had come to finish the job they began on Good Friday to give their teacher, their, their friend, their, their, their master a decent burial. But when they got there, tomb's empty. There is no resurrection appearance here in part one. We don't see Jesus. They don't see Jesus. What they do see are those two men in dazzling apparel. The angels. The angels who call on the women to remember what Jesus had told them. 
And they do. Part two is Jesus appearing on the road with two disciples who were walking that same Easter day to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles away from Jerusalem. They're talking, they're rehashing, they're deep in conversation, everything that has happened over the last couple of days. And then this stranger comes along and goes with him. Their eyes are kept from recognizing Jesus, we're told. And they make clear that um, they had hoped, past tense, that he was the one to redeem Israel. In other words, it's all over. Had hoped. But with the death of Jesus is the death of their hope. And in walking with them, this person calls them to remember all that was written about Jesus in the law of Moses and the prophets. And he finally does reveal himself to them in the breaking of the bread at Emmaus. Their eyes are open. They see, they recognize Jesus. And then he vanishes, we're told. And their, their hearts are burning within them. They say, did not our hearts burn within us while he spoke to us on the road? While he opened to us the scriptures? And then they turn around and they head right back to Jerusalem, hiking back those seven miles from which they had just come in order to tell the rest of the disciples what happened. And that leads into part three. Same day, the first Easter, later in the evening. Those two disciples from Emmaus come in and find the rest of the disciples huddled together behind closed doors. They're worried, they're anxious, they're fearful, they don't know what's going on. And Jesus comes into their midst. Jesus comes into their midst. He invites them to see, to touch. It's really him, it's really Jesus. And then what does he do? He eats a piece of broiled fish. <laughs> That's what he does. And as before, Jesus challenges his disciples to remember all that was written about him in the scriptures, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. All of these three parts of Luke's account of Jesus' resurrection all occur on the same day, that first Easter from early dawn to late in the evening. Truth is, like those first disciples, we also have to be reminded so that we can remember. First the angels reminded the women of what Jesus had said. Oh, then they remembered. Jesus had to remind those two disciples, Eddie Maus, of what was written about him in the, in the law of Moses and the prophets. Ah, oh, then they remembered. Jesus had to remind the disciples in that upper room on that first Easter evening that it was necessary that he suffer and die and on the third day rise again. Oh, then they remembered. And folks, that's how it works. 
That is how it works. The risen Jesus cannot be separated from his word. To have one is to have the other. They are inseparable. And this is why we do what we do in worship every week. We remind, we recall, we retell that saving word of God, the scriptures, because that written word of God makes known to us the living word of God, the word made flesh, our crucified and risen Savior Jesus Christ, who is risen from the dead, who lives and reigns to all eternity. He comes into our lives when we're huddled behind closed doors. When we're filled with confusion, fear, anxiety, we don't know what's going on. The risen Savior comes into our midst with his blessing of peace. And we need to be reminded of this saving truth again and again. He comes to us in his word, in his holy supper, to forgive and assure and bless. You know, recently I received a letter from my alma mater, Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, Missouri. Seminary President Dr. Dale Meyer wrote the following words. The devil does not mind our preaching that Jesus rose from the dead on the first Easter, just as long as we talk about it as 2,000-year-old ancient history. The old evil foe likes it when we refer to the resurrection as something that happened a long, long time ago in a far, far away place. He's also fine with the miracles of Christ, the salvation promises of the scriptures, and the work of the Holy Spirit, as long as all of it is centuries old and the Bible a museum-worthy relic. So is that all Easter is? Just a remembering of what happened long ago, far away? Is Easter just ancient history? Or worse, uh, a myth? A legend? Fable? Is it just an idle tale? Like those first disciples who refused to believe the truth of the women? Of Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, and the other women? Wouldn't believe it. Wouldn't believe it. Is that how it is with us? Hmm. If our remembering only takes us back and doesn't bring anything forward into today, into the here and the now, then like Paul says in the epistle lesson for today, we are, of all people, most to be pitied because we've only hoped in this life. And when this life is over, then what? Hmm. We have to be reminded. We have to be reminded of what happened on that first Easter morning that that Easter story continues to impact and bless 
and resurrect lives today, turning people from the old life of sin and serving self to a new life of joy that is rooted in the one who gave his life for us, transforming life from serving self to serving others, not because I have to, because I want to, I am moved to, because of what Jesus has done for me. I am set free in the one who loves me and gave himself for me. We have to be reminded so that we will remember and remembering all that Jesus has done for us through his suffering and death and resurrection, we may rejoice and give thanks that we worship and serve a living Lord. And rejoicing, we respond by joining Jesus on his mission out into the everyday places of our lives. Jesus is out there. He's not stuck, confined in the four walls of this sanctuary like we boxed him in somehow and he can't get out. But maybe we act that way sometimes. Jesus is already out there in the everyday places of our lives. Our homes and neighborhoods and communities are places of work and learning and leisure. Jesus is already there with his risen presence, but he would work through you and me to bless the people out there who do not yet know him. And that's where we come in to be the hands and the feet and the mouth of the risen Savior Jesus Christ. So in a world that is racked by terrorism, violence, bloodshed, fear, in a world where there is so much talking, 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 and very little listening, where Huge promises are made that will never be kept in the midst of uncertainty and anxiety about the future. Let us remember this. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen.